and sweet world and welcome to the no dunks podcast on the athletic network it's wednesday july 22nd i'm jay skeets and back from his great fishing expedition it's the bearded one trey kirby hey hey welcome back tk we also have the international man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friends got the man making the magic happen jd hello there he is. And finally, a very special guest today. He hosts two of my favorite NBA podcasts, both Open Floor and The Greatest of All Talk. He's a writer from the Washington Post. And well, he's officially the first person we've had on the show who's actually coming to us live from inside the NBA bubble. It's Ben Gulliver. Ben, what's up, man? Not too much, guys. It's great to hear your voice in general. Great to hear your voice because I didn't have a lot of human contact for the last week locked up in my uh, hotel room. And I got to say, you must have teased this appearance because I spent all morning waiting through emails from your listeners saying, oh, my God, it's like Voltron. It's like Wu-Tang Clan. You guys are like coming together here on the show. So I'm excited to be here. You know, the last time we did this was during the lockout. You guys remember that in Portland, Oregon? Wow, yeah, great memory. That's exactly Yeah, right. Dwight James is going to be joining us in not too long. He's <laughs> <laughs> coming up in a half hour from now. Um, yeah, so how are you holding up? I mean, what have you been there now in Orlando? 10 days, something like that? Yeah, I'll say it's been a real roller coaster of emotions. The first couple of days, you're just in shock trying to get your bearings. Then you're getting a little bored and stir crazy in the hotel room. But they let us out on Sunday, and it was the sweetest feeling. I'm like walking around the campus. My eyes are adjusting to the light, and here's Donovan Mitchell being like, welcome to the bubble. It's like, this is, feels like a movie. Like, what's happening right now? Uh, you know, we start getting into some of these practice sessions, and the guys are just happy to be back playing basketball. I'll be honest, I'm feeling really excited and energetic about being able to just work again. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys felt, but, like, when the season shut down, I was just, like, getting a little bit mopey, you know, getting a little bit down in the dumps. Are we going to be without hoops for 18 months? And then the bubble idea, it almost sounded too good to be true. And now they're actually pulling it off. It seems like the uh, the testing protocol is working. Guys are staying healthy. And we're just seeing these guys in the gym. So getting to hear LeBron, uh, you know, talk about how much he missed his mom during quarantine the other day or, or watching Giannis just bang these threes one after another last night at practice. It doesn't feel normal, but it feels great to just kind of be back on the uh, back on the grind. Yeah, you were uh, you had to do like all reporters that are down there the seven day hotel room you know lockdown. Uh, you were in quarantine for a week, uh, and you're now free. Though it sounds like you don't have that much area for for you to for you to roam. Is that right? Well, that's right. Well, first of all, during the the seven day quarantine where we're getting tested every day, the only time I got to go outside of my room for any reason was to get the food or to get tested. So they're coming here with these, uh, you know, these Q-tips to jab down my throat and to put up my nose. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, guys, don't rush this. Like, this is the only fresh air I get. Like, if you want to choke me out, if you want to choke me out for like 20 minutes, fine. Like, that's great. You know, just keep picking my nose. Um, but yeah, the the pen. I'm calling it kind of a pen. I mean, it feels like we're in the bullpen of a baseball stadium, right? It's about. 0.2 miles long from end to end so it's not even a full lap around like a high school track um you know all we we're on one end we've got a security checkpoint where it's sort of where we pick up our food the other end is a security checkpoint where you know they're trying to uh, you know restrict us from walking around this lake so that the the players and the, the team employees can do their little bicycle rides every morning on, on the, the side ends you've got a lake that supposedly has alligators in it and then on the fourth side you've got a parking lot where there's nothing there so within that confined space we've got a pool 
Uh, we've got an indoor uh, workout facility, which I'm not using because I'm still a little paranoid about the, the COVID stuff. Uh, and then we've got an outdoor activity area where we can I actually saw Scott Foster playing a wicked game of pickleball last night. <laughs> he was drenched. You know, he, he was just getting after it, guys. I'm telling you. So that's sort of what we've got to work with. It's, there's a nice lakeside path. And, you know, you see birds every once in a while, little geckos. I mean, it's a very idyllic scenario. It's very mm-hmm. pretty. And the weather's you know, relatively nice down here. It's just small. It's contained. Yeah, so, that's sorry, something I was um, a little worried about for you, Ben. I know you like to get out in nature. It seems like even though you don't have a ton of space, uh, I saw you posting some birds on Instagram. I'm just the bottom of the barrel. Like any living, breathing animal, I'm getting down and taking pictures of frogs in the parking lot. You know, I feel bad for the security guards because they're very polite. I think they've probably been instructed to say hi to us, but I'm doing like 15 laps around the property every day to get my steps in because it's such a small property. It's like, how many times can you give someone the head nod and the wave uh, before it gets a little bit awkward? <laughs> What's also funny to me, though, guys, is like, you know, I'm down here in, in basketball heaven, right? It's like, oh, there's like Brad Stevens walking and talking on. It's like a FaceTime. Like, oh, there's Rob Polinka. There's ja- JaVale McGee fishing. You're just like, your head's kind of on a swivel. A lot of these Disney security guards are from the local area, and they just do not care about basketball like at all. <laughs> so they're just like, they're not... Uh, having like the awestruck moment they're like yeah i have to stand out here for nine hours a day to keep watch on you guys it's really great time it's like super humid so it's a little bit of a different experience depending on who you are i guess you're um so but by the nba protocol you're not really allowed to go up and talk to anybody are you is that right if it's um if it's outside the the hotel room is that right Right. So just keep in mind, like everything that's outside of our area that I described, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff like the players hotels. We don't have access to that whatsoever. The bike stands, we don't have access to that whatsoever. Um, A lot of the other amenities, whether it's the lake or even just the bridge where they're fishing from, we can't go to. So that really restricts our ability to, to interact with players outside of a practice setting. Now, if we see someone like that, you know, the common courtesy, you can wave, you can die, you can even chat briefly. But you're not supposed to bring out your recorder and start right. going Instagram live with Brad Stevens out of the pool. Like, you know, that, that's where they, they, they kind of draw the line. It is really weird, though, because I've seen like players I know fairly well or team employees that I know really well. Um, actually, there's uh, an employee of the union who I was planning to have like a morning breakfast walking club with. But she's staying at a different facility. So I'm not even sure if I'm going to see her over the course of the next three months. We have this big plan. We're going to go walking every morning and we can't even do it. So uh, the restrictions are real. And frankly, welcome. You know, I, ultimately, like I wish we had more access. Uh, I really hope that when the players are forced to do the media, that they buy in, uh, that they're you know engaged in taking questions and those kinds of things. But um, this whole thing gets shut down if one player tests positive and, and potentially spreads it to his teammates. So the idea that they're protecting the players and kind of creating a bubble within the bubble, uh, I'm good with, even if it comes at my own expense and, and makes my life more difficult. Because ultimately. I don't want anybody getting super sick here and I definitely don't want anybody mm. dying. Yeah, for sure. Have you now been to practices, right? I mean, after that week in your hotel room, you're out now. You've attended, I think, a few practices. Um, so what was that like? And you know, what's the, even the arenas like, or the, at least the one spot that you've seen? Well, it's funny because I'm not a Disney guy like whatsoever. Like before I came down here, I mean, I've barely even seen any of the movies. Apologies to Trey's daughter. Uh, You know, I I don't want to offend her, but I'm like not locked in on any of the kids stuff. Right. So I'm getting down here. have no idea what to expect. I walk into this convention center. I'm just looking around like this is the tackiest carpeting. Like this is just brutally ugly. Like, you know, like I'm not like into it. You know, I've never even been down here really. 
And so, you know, we turn the corner and there's this ballroom and I'm like looking at it thinking like, wow, this is like the last place in the world I would want to get married. But I imagine there's like a lot of people who are like really excited to get married. They open the double doors and it's like, boom, here's the Milwaukee Bucks. And Giannis is just shooting three pointers. And here's Chris Middleton, like on these makeshift basketball courts in these huge ballrooms. And I mean, you can imagine like, you know, Michael Scott, you know, the, the office, like Dunder Mifflin doing like a sales retreat in one of these buildings, you know, it's like that kind of vibe to it. Right. The ceil- the ceilings aren't tall enough. Like if you really wanted to shoot like a half court shot, you're probably hitting the ceiling with your shot. So they're, they're trying to make the best uh, of the space that they have. I mean, keep in mind, they need 22 teams to practice. And then they basically needed an hour almost after every single practice to clean and disinfect the court. Mm-hmm. So just having enough court space is crazy. I mean, these guys are fighting for courts like we would, you know, back at the rec center in, in high school, yeah. you know, trying to get like uh, the game. So that's that's pretty wild. The actual courts are normal, though, I would say that. In terms of the, the playing spaces, we're going to see a little bit more of that um, later this week as scrimmages begin. But uh, the, the benches are going to be socially distant. There's going to be a lot of Black Lives Matter signage on the court. Um, the, our seats are going to be incredible, guys. I'm going to be like supposedly – 10 to 15 feet away from the court so i don't know if i'm going to be just transcribing trash talk all night long i'm not <laughs> saying i'm i will i'm not saying i i won't i'm thinking about i think about it very hard um but that's that's really what i'm looking forward to more than anything else i mean can you imagine a western conference finals where patrick beverly and lebron are just jaw jacking like chin to chin and you know i'm just sitting here 10 feet away like oh yeah please say more Let, let's let's hear a little bit more here you know it just it's a unique experience and that's kind of what i'm excited for yeah no doubt especially over the last couple of years you can speak to this better than anyone uh the access for reporters at a lot of these games you guys just get pulled further and further and further away like 20 years ago sure uh you know bob ryan is sitting right there and hearing the interactions i'm sure between the players but now for someone like you i assume a lot of a lot of places you're not close you don't you don't get to hear that barking back and forth and now you're going to so that's pretty cool yeah, I mean, definitely shout out to Staples Center because they've kept it a little bit old school and kept us down by the court. So, like, having that as my home arena, I just, like, right. thank my lucky stars because a lot of times you're like, there's LeBron, like, pointing at Rihanna. Like, you just get these scenes that, like, really a lot of places in the NBA you would never be able to see. Um, I remember I started in Portland. I mean, they had me up in the nosebleeds. Like, I was barely even in the building. And you think about, like, how many media members are even covering the Blazers, you know? And, it's and uh, you know, that was just kind of how it started for me. Yeah. But uh, here, we, what we have to contend with really is the press conferences, which are weird because I, I'm sure you guys have seen they're doing Zoom calls and we basically participate in the Zoom calls. But rather than being able to like shout, hey, LeBron, like, here's my question. We have to kind of request to a PR person who puts us into the queue and the queue is mixed with people who are on site and people who are off site. So you might ask a question and then the next question is somebody who's in L.A. and the next question is somebody who's overseas. I mean, it, it's just like that kind of a, a weird environment. But the weirdest part is that the players sit and look at the camera, which has a big monitor underneath it, and it looks like a mirror. I mean, they're basically looking back at themselves. So if you guys wanted to create this at home, basically what you should do is take all your family members, spread them around your bathroom as if they're reporters, call your your other family members, maybe your mom and dad, on a Zoom call, right? And then you stare and like look directly into your bathroom mirror don't make eye contact with any of the reporters because that's an, uh, a rule they've been uh, you know, asked to just keep looking directly into the camera and into the, the mirror and then try to field questions from people out of like the corner of your bathroom or your laundry room or whatever else. It's a really weird environment. They're just trying to adjust to it. Have the players been pretty good sports with it so far? I know it's still fairly early in this experiment, but uh, you know what I've seen, yeah, is, is that fair to say? 
For sure. And there's like some back and forth right now about do they have to wear masks when they're doing it? And so like some of the players have been like compromising by holding the mask, which I don't believe is CDC approved. I don't think you're stopping COVID if you've got the if you've got the mask in your hand. I thought LeBron really brought it uh, with his comments on Monday. I mean, he was waxing on, um, you know, Representative John Lewis. He was talking about the quarantine effect. He was, you know, just trying to put the entire experience of 2020 into context. So I really think that he set a nice example, and I hope all the other stars kind of go along with that because you know, these are choppy uh, interviews, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. and you guys, we're having a more like kind of intimate conversation right now that is basically possible at, for any writer uh, being down here. Now, they will, you know, by uh, you know request on occasion, help you set up like one-on-one interviews, but those are, are much rarer. Um, than they would be in a normal NBA setting. And so we're all just trying to, you know, fight for scraps at this point. And uh, I think the players in general realize, like, look, it's only 15 minutes out of my day. And for some of these guys, it's going to be a maximum maybe of like 30 minutes for the entire week. That's not, you know, too big of an imposition so Mm -hmm. that they can at least uh, bring the heat then. But some guys could be come down here and like never get interviewed. That's what I've been thinking. Like there's 22 teams down here. You could spend six weeks down here and literally never have to do a single interview if you're a player. But that's pretty wild to think about. Yeah, that's, that's Clay Thompson's uh, ultimate dream, isn't it, to be down there? I mean, it's, a, it's a pity that the Warriors aren't there. He hates doing interviews. <laughs> How many reporters are there? Because I've seen, you know, it was supposed to be just 10, and then I've heard reports that it's closer to 20, and then I remember there were supposed to be tears to the reporters. Um, so how many are there? What And are there tears even? Because I'm unclear about that. Well, so first of all, if you're saying total media members, there's probably like 60, 70, somewhere in that um, range. But that includes like the television broadcast crews, you know, camera people mm-hmm. and a lot of people who I just don't even recognize. Right. Uh, and they're all staying in the same general area. So our building is called the Casitas. Now, I've decided to call it the Type House, which is sort of based on the Hype House from TikTok. I'm not sure anyone else is going along with that. I think it's genius and hilarious, but it's been slow to uh, slow to catch on. But within the Type House, um, I've seen about you know 10 or 12 writers, like actual okay. like media members. I mean, you know, Mark Stein from New York Times is here, Mark Medina, USA Today, uh, Joe Varden, The Athletic. Yep. Um, and, th- and there's a few others who are kind of in our same grouping. I think Rachel Nichols is down here in ESPN spot for the start. Uh, but you can actually swap out about halfway through. So some people are going to be kind of like tag teaming about halfway through in their outlet. will basically get to keep uh, that spot. But the basic rule was for independent media outlets, you were going to have a maximum of one reporter. So it doesn't matter if you're at the athletic, if you guys have, you know, 75 people covering the NBA, you've got one spot. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you want to switch people out, you can do whatever you want with the spot. But, you, you know, it's it's still just one. So it's very limited. You know, when we're going to these scrimmages, like for the Lakers, for example, there was 10 reporters there that I would, you know, maybe maybe eight um, that I would consider to be writers or reporters. And, you know, in a normal uh, Lakers situation, especially after Kobe Bryant's death, we had 300 media members at practices, like regularly, mm-hmm. right? So it's a totally different vibe, a totally different feel. In, um, in the type house, uh, in the hype house, I suppose, you know, it's not just about work. The, they're having fun. They're creating additional content away from the memes and all this kind of stuff. Is that going to be the same in the type house? Are you going to be, you know, pranking Brian Windhorst or something? So uh, Windhorst is not here. Some of his ESPN colleagues are here. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure I feel comfortable pranking Brian Windhorst, not knowing him. But <laughs> would I prank a writer? Absolutely. Look, Trey, I was trying to start this thing off right when I was in the quarantine with my little, you know, pacing videos back and forth. I was trying to inspire the masses. 
Um, I did a little planking session. I tried to challenge people to plank back with me. Planking, wow. Yeah, no, I know. I'm really digging deep here. When you're alone, Lee, for seven days, you know, you, you start to get a little desperate for ideas. Um, I will say there has been a pool scene developing. Absolutely, you know, guys out there smoking cigars and, and maybe drinking at a socially distant uh, manner. Uh, you know, at various nights, I heard some rap music the first couple nights when I was uh, first getting here. You know, it's turning a little bit of a party scene. But I, I will say, at least for now, the type house is just everybody is just overloaded with work. We're all just trying to, like, get our bearings, figure out the new schedules. And keep in mind, we have to report our symptoms every single morning. We have to get tested every single morning. Uh, we have to go to a, a certain location to get our food. We've got to be on buses to get to games. I mean, all of these routines are just totally different than what I'm, uh, you know, normally expecting. So, like, for example, I thought I was totally on it last night. I get to Bucks practice and it turns out I'm two hours early. And it's like, oh, great. So now I'm just like, you know, trying to figure things out. So it's our heads are spinning for sure. And uh, I know people are kind of feeling exhausted already. You know, I talked to one guy this morning. He's like, I have to keep reminding myself that this is a marathon and I'm down here for 94 nights. Like, don't run. Don't gas yourself out in the first two miles, you know? Yeah. Do you have to put a request in, Ben, um, like for these scrimmages and for these practices? And then even when we get to the games, like I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, do you get to say, hey, I want to see that game? Uh, Okay, we'll get you to that arena. Jump on this bus. How does that whole thing work? And like, can all of you reporters down there go to that one particular game? Like, we all want to go see, you know, uh, Grizzlies Blazers and like nobody else is covering the other ones. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the process? No, it's great because we have a spreadsheet so we can see who requested what. And I think the Wizards, their game today, had one person request it. So, right. like, you're going to have one media member in this building. And granted, there's going to be other people just like game ops and all that. Yeah. But it's going to be super weird for the teams that, you know, it's going to be less than Summer League by far in those wow. situations. So, here's how the request process works 48 hours in advance, any practice that we want to go to or any game that we want to go to, we put that in. There's only restrictions uh, for any practice. They can only take a total of, uh, I guess, 10 reporters. So if a few more um, applied, those people would maybe have to roll over to the next day. And that became an issue with the Lakers because everybody wants to see LeBron, right? So the first day they were kind of jockeying to see who could get it, who couldn't. Right. For the average team, that's not really going to be an issue. For the Bucks, there's been three riders at their practices. I mean, it's a team that almost won 70 games. And they've got three people going to their practice. It's just hilarious to me. Um, and then for the arenas, there's actually enough seating to pretty much accommodate all the riders who are down here at the same time. So you're not necessarily fighting uh, for, um, you know, seating there. But there is one side gym, and no disrespect to NBA TV, but I call this the NBA TV gym because it's sort of like the equivalent, you know, when they put the Raptors and the Magic on NBA TV during the playoffs. Yeah. This smaller <laughs> gym apparently has like hardly any seating because it's not like a true NBA arena. Right. So in that one. They're, they've kind of stashed the teams that are of le- less interest. But if there was randomly like seven people who wanted to go to that game, there could be a, an issue trying to fit everybody in because it's, it's right. that small. So <laughs> wow. I, haven't actually, I, I haven't seen that one in person yet, but I almost want to go just for the, like, the curiosity factor of like, you know, what kind of a barn are they playing this thing in, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, exact, that's exactly right. Sorry, just one more thing. That's where my mind goes. It's like, oh, this is a marquee game. Everybody's want to everybody's going to want to go and watch that one and report on it. But like, oh, maybe there's some value in going to this game. Something crazy happens, who knows? And you would be like the only one. So yeah, I'm interested in that like jockeying or trying to decide what game to go and watch and where. Yeah. Well, I heard just from a, the wizard standpoint that for the first couple of days of practice, they didn't have a single reporter show up. And so the only reporters kind of covering them were all virtual. 
So think about how weird that is. And that yeah. gets you thinking, like, at least it gets me thinking about, like, the future of automation and technology. Like, if they can teach Siri how to say what was going through your mind during that last shot, <laughs> right. are, are we all done for, guys? Like, yeah. is that it? Is it just a wrap? Like, are we going to have to start doing something else? I don't know. Hey, uh, Ben, I had one question just about you said you get you're getting you have to report your symptoms daily. And are you getting that nasal swab, the one that's the, apparently very unpleasant, goes right up your nasal? Are you getting that every single morning? And, and if so, how quickly are you getting clearance or, or the result back? So that's a great question, Lee. Um, so they told us we were getting the nasal swab when I first got here. And I was like, oh, wow, because my my podcast co-host, Michael Pina of Open Floor, had it and he compared it to the well he basically said it was the most painful experience of his life and we had women from all over the world say come on man you're weak you've never given yeah, birth yeah, you don't right. know real pain yeah. <laughs> and so that that like you know really set off this entire uh, you know worldwide argument so i was going down here with the intention of either confirming michael or joining the women right it was either yeah. i was going to say michael i've got your back this was horribly painful or you're a wimp all of our female listeners were right um, it turns out there's what they call a shallow nasal swab. So it's not the deep one. They're not tickling your brain. They're just kind of picking your nose like they're looking for boogers. And then they use that sample as well as a second sample from your throat. And I think having both of them gives them some additional ability to just kind of like confirm or, um, you know, prevent against false positive or false negative. So I, I usually take that test. Um, now I take it in the morning, but for a while I was taking the afternoon and it would come back within 15 hours. They just upload the results to a website. Um, and they track on this app whether or not you've been tested as well. So they're, they're right. making sure that, you know, you're not missing a day or anything like that. But I just want to say it's the ultimate privilege. I mean, think about how few people in the entire world have access to daily coronavirus testing with near instantaneous results within 15 hours. And then also have medical professionals keeping, you know, tabs on them, monitoring them every single day. Um, you know, coming down here, I was really nervous just because I knew the number of social interactions I was going to have with people was going to go way up. And this idea that, you know, like a small fraction of 1% of the world has, you know, access to like this level of care, or I should say in America anyways, yeah. has access to this level of care. It puts my mind at ease, but it also brings in some feelings of guilt too, because you're like, yeah. this is how everybody should have it, right? This should be right. universal. It's just a, a no brainer to do it like this. Were you hesitant to go at all, Ben? Um, a little bit. I mean, I, I wanted to check with all my doctors first. So I, I actually ran things by my primary care doctor, my cardiologist and a psychiatrist just to make sure they thought this sounded on the up and up. I talked to some uh, you know, team medical uh, professionals within the league, just sort of like, how do you feel about this? Are you on board? Are you having uh, skepticism? And then I also talked to just epidemiologists who I was interviewing for stories like kind of along the way about COVID, mm -hmm. just like does this plan make sense? You know, am I putting myself at risk? I mean, the bottom line is if Zion and LeBron were here and Giannis is here, like it's going to be really hard to keep me away. And I knew it was going to be, a, you know, kind of a rare access opportunity just because of how expensive it was um, to come down here and, you know, because of how restricted the number of people were. So I was very excited to do it, but I was also wanted to make sure I wasn't being a fool and just rushing into something that was going to put me at risk. And, you know, like I had a one man bubble going in LA. Like I was getting everything delivered. I was not interacting with basically anyone. Um, I'd walk around my neighborhood, but I didn't really have to worry about social contact at all. And so that part made me nervous. I just didn't want to get stuck in elevators with 20 guys. You know, yeah. I didn't want to, uh, you know, be in those kinds of situations. 
And, you know, coming down here, there's a real peace of mind of being tested every single day. You just feel like you've got a win streak going. It's like, yeah, nine-day win streak. You know, you, you can't stop me now. And it just builds your confidence up. And I think, um, you know, that part has helped put my mind at ease. And I feel really safe down here. And I didn't expect to say that, but I really do. Um, in part because everybody's wearing masks and because, you know, they take these rules seriously. You're seeing guys get busted right out of the gate. I think that's good. Well, and you're always an early adopter of technology, I feel like. You know, we were at the Charlotte All-Star Game, and you had the self-lacing shoes immediately. I know you always get the new iPhone. You've always got the new AirPods. Now you've got the hottest technology in the COVID game right now, the Oura Ring, the Aura Ring, whatever it's called. Is this thing doing anything for you, or is it kind of like you don't want it to do anything for you? You don't want it to light up or start beeping. Well, the amazing thing was for a while there on the podcast, we were calling it the Nuva Ring because Andrew Sharp, you know, my, my greatest of all talk co-host, got it confused with birth control. So he kept asking me, when are you going to get your Nuva Ring? When are you getting your Nuva Ring? And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get the Nuva Ring. And if so, I'm not putting it on my finger. You know what I mean? Um, so the thing showed up a couple of days ago. Uh, it's, it reminds me a lot of a Fitbit. It seems like its main function is to just track your sleep quality. And actually, that's important to me because, you know, especially – during the playoffs when we were flying around a lot, you know, before COVID, I had a lot of sleeping issues just trying to, you know, get quality sleep and, and have energy. Um, so it, it will give you a reading sort of like a Fitbit does in terms of how long are you on REM sleep and all that. But the, the kind of the COVID factor that it does is just regular body temperatures. So it can, and it does do this, it will tell you like what your temperature is basically at any moment. It will create a little chart for you over the course of the day. So theoretically, if your temperature were to spike before you did your, you know your daily temperature check-in it would you'd be able to tell that and then you could notify the uh, the medical authorities hey guys like i've got a temperature here um you know is this all unnecessary probably is pretty much most of my interests in life unnecessary i would say so you know like i can tie shoes um trey as you mentioned you know i don't really need the brand new iphone but sometimes you just got to do it for the gram is it mandatory, Ben, for you to wear this ring? Um, because I know it's not for the players. And then the second question, the follow-up to that is, have you seen any of the players actually wearing this technology, this ring as well? Well, it's funny. The guys who give the, the coronavirus tests were wearing them. So I don't know if they were sort of like planted influencers to try to sure. like get me interested in it. But look, I, was, I wanted to take every precaution. Because here's the thing. If you get sick, and this is how I look at it, like there's going to be so many regrets because you're going to go back and say, how did I get this? What did I do wrong? Did I forget my mask? Did I not wash my hands enough? Like, I don't want to be in that situation where there was something that I could could have controlled and I just screwed it up. Right. So it's like mm -hmm. when I saw anyone wearing it, it was like, yeah, OK, why not? Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. hurt. It's not that expensive. If it provides some benefit, then at least it will give me the peace of mind. Um, I'm not sure I've seen a player yet wear them in part because we're restricted to seeing them mostly at practices and you wouldn't wear it during a game or a, a practice, right? Because it's, right. it's fairly heavy. Um, it would just like throw you off. Um, but I have seen other people wear them around campus. They're not mandatory. And to be honest, I'm not sure any of the other writers have got them yet. I'll start looking at people's fingers. I might be the one sucker, guys. I'm not going to lie. Um, they also had to ship them like overnight from the Netherlands. It was this whole process. So I mean, it, it's weird out here. You know, it's like everything is just strange and a little bit different. I'm just trying to lean all the way into it. Well, you're doing a hell of a job. I know. Uh, how many podcasts have you already been on besides your own? Like how many appearances Ooh. have you already done? And you've only been there 10 days. I mean, if we're saying T if we're doing TV, podcasts, radio interviews, it's more than 30 at this point, probably. <laughs> um, and from a, from a bunch of. 
Well, here's the thing from a bunch of different countries and a bunch of different industries. And that's the part that kind of excites me. Cause yeah. like, look guys, we could honestly, I think that you guys and I, if we wanted to, we could do like a 16 hour straight podcast about basketball. No problem. Right. Yep. <laughs> but that's not most of the world. And so when I get excited is cause I just love basketball, like kind of, you know, deep in my heart, right. When anyone is paying attention to basketball or the NBA who doesn't normally pay attention to it, whether they're a casual sports fan or they don't even care about sports, that's when I get excited. So you know, we had this story on the Washington Post. They, they put it up on the front page because it seemed like I was in a hostage crisis because I was, you know, like stuck in my hotel room. Yeah. And I was hearing from all these outlets who just don't even basically know the rules of basketball. And they're just like, why are you doing this? Why are you in a hotel again? Like, why are you yeah. a hostage? Like, you know, are the players hostages? Like, you know, the, the, the whole social experiment aspect came in. And then you get all the science fiction people who are like, wow, this is what I've always wanted, a biodome. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's just yeah. like, break down the biodome. <laughs> so you just hear from people in different areas. Um, and I'll be honest, we also hear from a lot of international people. And, and Lee, I'm sure you get this too from your Australian family back home who just kind of pity us as Americans and are just like, oh, my God, you guys have to do what? Because uh, <laughs> your government says what? And you guys have politicized masks, you know, like and then there's like the real like head padding aspect to it of like, it's going to be OK. You know, we've beaten this. You guys might have a chance at it six months from now, you know. So uh, the media interest has been huge. And like I said, it's exciting because it's not a, just a basketball story. Like there's a lot of people who are paying attention to the bubble who do not care whatsoever who wins the title. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a, a perfect example is right before jumping on uh, this podcast to have you on as our guest today. Uh, you know, look, I've been around my wife for months now, you know, just living on top of each other. So do we like to put in the AirPods every once in a while and tune each other out? Absolutely. Guilty as charged. And uh, she's got hers in. I've got mine in. And I'll ask, you know, what are you listening to? She says, oh, this one's great. This one's about the NBA. I'm like, oh, cool. What, what are you listening? Like, who are you listening to? No dunks? Like, what podcast? What are you listening to? Open floor? She's like, no, I'm listening to uh, what? Uh, what's next or what next? A slate podcast? And I'm like, okay, it's about the NBA. She's like, yeah, they're having on Ben Gulliver today. And I'm like, <laughs> we're having on Ben Gulliver today. So you are everywhere. I was like, even my wife's listening to interviews with you, featuring you. Well, I could recommend a good therapist for the whole AirPod situation with your wife, Skip. That sounds a little bit serious. No, it, it, that's what I mean. It, it's all different industries. And, you know, it's a political story, too. And ultimately, mm -hmm. like Axios and Slate, like that's kind of where they're coming from because they're looking at this and saying, well, first of all, how is the NBA doing its testing program? And why is Florida, which is this huge hotspot with crazy positive testing numbers, you know, more than 10,000 per day here for like almost a week. I mean, it, it, it fluctuates, but that's kind of where the average is. There's lots of people in Florida who can't get test results for a week, right? And that's, you know, very dangerous. And here's the NBA living this 1% or lifestyle right in the middle of it. So that winds up becoming a story. You have the idea that every company in the world is trying to get back to work, trying to bring employees back to the office. I'm sure you guys would love to go to your studio and hang out and not do these things virtually. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, like, you will have to make a plan to get back into the workplace and to do it safely. And your bosses will probably have to sign off on that plan. And there's going to have to be a procedure in place. And you've got a lot of people who are out of work, you know, who are similar to kind of the Disney employees where they just didn't have a job and they're waiting on other people to make decisions. And now, you know, that union is trying to decide, do we want to send our employees to go and, and be housekeepers for the NBA thing? Do we not? Is it safe for them? Whose health is the priority here? And all those kinds of questions are being faced by, uh, you know, country, uh, sorry, companies around the, the country right now and really mm -hmm. around the world too, but specifically here. And so the NBA winds up being a test case for all of them too. 
Yeah, no, there is a huge and and on that slate podcast, it's definitely that that ethics question of like, okay, the NBA is doing this great, uh, but should they? Is it weird? Is it is it is it odd? Wait, or are you saying that you also listen to this podcast next to your wife on the different AirPods, <laughs> listening to the guy we were going to talk to later in the day? Trey Kirby, I do my homework here for no dunks. As soon as I found out Ben Gulliver was on that, I fired up that bad boy. I went for a run this morning. Absolutely, I listened to it, and it was fantastic, Ben. It was great. I actually like the podcast. I, I subscribed to it. What next on Slate? Who knew? It's a story well, every day. Skeets, I'm doing Nora's podcast this afternoon, okay? I don't know. <laughs> oh, like you're going to be talking about some weird murder that happened in 1988 that she's going to crack the case on. So I hope you're going to help her out with that one. Oh, I'll man. Glad to, glad to help. No, but the, the ethics part is interesting, and you did have a great point on it. Like, you're like, at some point, the NBA, which is a business, let's not forget that, has to decide it, it's sink or swim time. Like, okay, our government can't get their, you know, their sh together here, so, well, why don't we have a, take a stab at it? And, uh, you know, you, you can step back and also go, ugh, it'd be nice if we could be doing that for the rest of the damn country, but it is a business, and they're going to have a go at it, and by all accounts, are doing pretty well so far. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I do feel guilty every time I get the test because you realize there's somebody else out there who doesn't have access to it. And I, I feel guilty a lot because I've got a, an employer that gives me a really good healthcare plan. I can go to the doctor and not pay outrageous co-pays. And I've had really expensive surgeries that, like, had I not had insurance, that probably could have bankrupted me, mm -hmm. right? There's been those kinds of situations over the years. And so that's always in the back of your mind. But here it just really, like, brings it into stark relief. Like, you just really are forced to confront it every single day every time you know this little testing operation you know stick something up your nose you think about it i do think it's important to on the ethics part to just look at the evolution since march right because you know adam silver initially when he came out he was talking a lot about how they didn't want to take away resources from uh you know the hospitals um how that they wanted to make sure that when they did come back it was a situation where the testing programs around the country are kind of like in place and up to speed and um, you know they weren't going to be you know trying to you know stand in the way of anyone's health and now when you fast forward three or four months later, you realize like they had to privatize all this testing, but those companies theoretically could be doing testing for government entities. They just you know haven't really set that up. Mm -hmm. I think the NBA expected the government probably, and I'm assuming here, I think they expected more progress from the government. And at some point it's like, all right, well, if this progress isn't necessarily coming, um, we can't be shut down for 18 months. We have to kind of make a call here. We've got to figure out you know to do what's in our best interest. And it reminds me a little bit of like the federal government kind of passing some of the responsibility to the state governments. I do feel like they're also passing some of the ethical responsibility here to private companies and just mm -hmm. sort of letting you know everybody decide on a case by case basis. Where that gets scary for me is things that really can't be privatized, like schools. Right? I mean, you can see a situation mm -hmm. where private schools are able to to reopen, have maybe testing for the teachers. You know, if you have a lot of money, you'd be able yep. to to support something like that. I know my mom was a longtime public school teacher. They're not going to have that. Like that's just not going to be available to them, and that gets really scary for the health of the kids, for the health of the the, the public school employees, uh, and for everybody else who comes into contact with them. Whether when the kids come home to work, uh, you know, from uh, from school and, and everything else. So these are huge questions that touch every single person around the country. And again, I do feel very privileged to be in an environment here where I feel safe. And, you know, maybe there can be some positive lessons taken from this experience uh, for other company, uh, companies as well. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, though, right? It's only been one week with no test. Every week where they're able to hold that up, it's going to be a minor celebration. All right, lots more with Ben Golliver, but first, a word from our sponsors. Da -na 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 -da -na. 
Get your peanuts, get your popcorn. Baseball is back. The sound of that glove popping. The sweet, 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 sweet smell of the grass. And that sound of the bat thwacking. That's right. The boys will be getting back on the diamond this week. Games start on Thursday. Came out freaking nowhere. Yeah. And uh, while we may not be able to join them at the park, guys, I know you guys like having a nice big can of beer at the park, uh, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your own home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. You just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts and more there's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of bucks but if baseball isn't for you don't worry DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament with millions of dollars up for grabs this week there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, fellas, we're no Zac Efron, but are you prepared to (laughs) unveil your summer bod? That's what I want to know. The sun is shining. The water is shimmering, and the bushes must be tamed. But you ain't taking a machete to that region like you're chopping down bamboo on season three of Alone. No, Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. I forget what age I was when I looked south and I realized, my God, I gotta control this situation down there. That's not just for the ladies, Lee. I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, though I, I, I'm, I'm sure they like it. I'm sure they enjoy it. The grooming game help keeps you cool. And uh, in this ATL heat, as we've talked about before, any degree saved helps. That's why you need Manscapes. Perfect package 3.0. This kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. My favorite part, when you subscribe to the perfect package, You get a new blade refill for your trimmer delivered right to your front door every three months. That is service. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Just pop in that code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. I know Lee's wearing them right now. <laughs> so go to Man... I, I knew that because you look so damn comfortable today. I do. I, I have worn yeah. them. Uh, they're like, You know, I usually prefer a looser-fitting uh, brief, but these right. ones are actually nice and snug, and they keep everything where it should be. There's not too much movement down low. Yeah, so I you, like usually, you, you usually prefer a boxer brief that I made in grade 8 home economics <laughs> class. <laughs> Which is, you're the last person holding on to those type of briefs. But these are ba- these bad boys are yeah. amazing. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Uh, the other big factor down there, Ben, is obviously not just the basketball returning due to the coronavirus. It's the whole social messaging and the impact. You know, we've seen Black Lives Matter being painted on the court um, you know, players are going to have the option to wear a message on their jersey. Do you feel 
you know, these games, I mean, even today when we get these first scrimmages, is there going to be a little bit of a more a somber feeling as well in some respects? Because the big, the big thing here, the big concern is that we don't get distracted from, you know, Black Lives Matter. We don't want to just go back to normal where it's like we, we only care about who wins a championship. We really want to make an impact that this is also what the NBA is trying to bring attention to, that, that, that enough is enough and it's trying to uh, bring some more equality to the world. No, absolutely. It's ever-present. I mean, you can't escape it. LeBron talking about John Lewis, first day. Uh, the courts have Black Lives Matter on them. Giannis uh, telling reporters last night he plans to wear equality on the back of his jersey. I think that news had come out before, but he mentioned it uh, to reporters as well. And even a case like Sterling Brown, and he's one of a number of players who, when they get their interview moment and they realize like they're not a star-level guy, so they might only get interviewed once per week at most. I mean, last night when he's at Bucks practice, he went on for a good... 10 minutes about Breonna Taylor, um, you know, advocating for the police officers who were involved in that situation to be arrested and, and to be, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, basketball fans to be contacting the local government there in, <clears throat> in Louisville to, you know, try to demand change. Um, he also talked about his own situation with uh, police brutality, but wanted to make it clear, look, I didn't die. So don't compare me necessarily to some of these other situations. He has some really thoughtful um, responses. I encourage everybody to go check that out. It's not just him, though. I mean, we've, we've heard from a whole bunch of guys. You know, Tobias Harris was another one, you know, bringing up the Breonna Taylor case. Uh, we've also heard even from Kyle Korver, uh, who had a, an interview earlier this week where he was, again, reflecting on, you know, some of you know, his role as an ally, but also just the, the aspect to, you know, white privilege within this particular environment. I mean, you're, you're hearing guys talk about this regularly. Now, when the games start, are, is the basketball conversation going to come to the forefront? I expect it will in the not-too-distant future. Look, the bottom line is when LeBron dunks, it's really cool. When Giannis posterizes someone, it's unbelievable. Um, so I do think there's going to have to be a balance there, but they're trying to get this thing off on the right foot, and it's very clear to me that they're passionate and they're prepared. You know, guys came ready to make statements already. We've seen it and heard it, and I expect that to continue. Have you heard any talk about uh, the league and the teams and maybe the governors of the teams doing uh, supporting social justice as well? Because no doubt the players have been leading this as expected and they will continue to lead it. But there's got to be something from the NBA as well. Well, it seems like they're trying to start with what uh, you know they can control down here. So they're lining up, you know, certain like uh, the Westbrook T-shirt deal with Jordan, right? Where they're going to have certain messages that go a little bit beyond the jersey messages. Um, there's also some black-owned businesses they're trying to uh, you know link up with. But I mean, the NBA Players Union kind of made it clear what they wanted to see. I mean, not only the the presentation down here on the courts, you know, you know being very firm about the Black Lives Matter, but also you know, trying to get to a point where there are, um, you know, more black black people as coaches and as executives in the league so that the, you know, the disparity between players and front office members isn't as stark as it is right now. And those are the kind of the long-term, uh, you know, plans that they're trying to bring in. Um, I do think, though, uh, it's one step at a time. You know, every single day down here, like the rules that govern our lives change. And you know, the players thought they could do interviews with no mask. The next day they have to wear masks. Like the things, it's just a very, very fluid situation. And so, you know, in this environment where players are trying to adapt, I imagine we're going to hear a lot more about kind of the big picture, long-term impact plans or, or donations um, as we go. I mean, one of the one that stands out would just be Michael Jordan, you know, with the scope of his, mm -hmm. uh, his donation that he made. Uh, I expect that there will be other, you know, significant donations like that, you know, going forward too from various members of the basketball community. But uh, it, everyone's just trying to get their bearings down here. I really can't uh, – 
can't stress that enough. You know, it's like one day you can do this, one day you can't do this. Memos are flying left and right. And so, you know, they're, they're all trying to adjust. And, of course, keep basketball on their front of their mind, too, because these guys are competing for a title with, with scrimmages starting today. And, you know, once they get back into that mentality, I think that, you know, for a lot of players, um, that's going to be you know, the, the first focus. You know, they're ba- basketball players for their whole lives, and I think some of them have become activists uh, this summer. They can balance both easily, but, you know, the basketball part is sort of what drove them here and, and what continues to drive them. Ben, you mentioned that uh, some other, um, you know, networks, if you want to call them that, I know the athletic, they're going to be swapping in reporters. Are you there for the long haul or is there a secondary person from the post coming down or are you there the entire time? Knock on wood, I'm the show, man. 94 nights. Um, Here's here's one of my funny favorite details, right? So when I checked in, I got a a confirmation that said your Walt Disney World Resort uh, room has been confirmed for 94 nights. And I see that number. <laughs> I see that number and I'm just like, oh my God. But then they do a follow-up email and they're like, actually, even though Disney is like a trillion dollar corporation, right? We have we don't have the ability to do reservations for longer than 30 days because no one's dumb enough to come to Disney World for longer than a month, right? right. So I actually have four separate reservations to cover my entire stay, wow. which is just like ludicrous. But it's funny because, you know, look, I was built for this, guys. I've been going down and spending a month in Las Vegas, you know, doing a summer league and yep. doing a USA basketball camp over the years. Um, you know, there's one hotel in, in the Bay Area, you know, near Oracle Arena, where I, I probably have stayed, you know, probably 150 nights at least at various playoffs, you know, over the years covering the Warriors. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I don't know if you want to call me the bubble boy, but I, I'm feeling comfortable. <laughs> Big bubble Ben. <laughs> Big bubble Ben, yeah. yeah. Do you I, have I like a giant calendar with 94 days and you're crossing yeah, one off every yeah. night? Yeah. Almost back, almost back. We're down to 90. No, I'm not quite to that point yet. Look, check back with me in like early September where, <laughs> you know, this this initial optimism maybe will have faded. But uh, no, it's, it's a cool opportunity to, to be down here. And I think that like people who really love the game, you can just tell that they're happy to be here. And LeBron made a comment about that, how this entire thing feels like an AAU tournament. And it's all just about, it's a passion check, basically. Like who, mm-hmm. who cares the most? Who actually wants to be here and do it? And I mean, I'll tell you, the Bucks look focused. The Lakers look pretty darn focused. Like I think that the, the real contenders have come down here and been like, well, we started the season trying to go for the Larry O'Brien and it's still up for grabs. So let's go get it. Right. Now, there's a few other teams here, maybe not quite so much, right? Like they're sort of looking <laughs> around like, wait a minute, why did they bring us? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you, you get that vibe a little bit, but I think for the contenders, they're going to drive this thing. Do you feel any weird pressure, Ben? Because you said it, um, you know, the post is paying for this. It's not cheap to send someone down there for 90 plus days. Uh, I know you've said before on some of your other podcasts, it sounds like it's in, in the tens thousands of dollars, right? It's ten thousand dollars plus, easily, um, very likely. Is there? Want me, to give, want me to give you the number? Yeah, why not? Fifty-four thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> okay, so that is obviously a huge business decision from the post. So yeah, is there pressure on your part? And I guess the other follow-up to that is, you know, now that you're there and you've been out of your hotel for a little bit, and you can still see like how restricted in a way you're you are and where you can go and who you can talk to. Does it almost like, does it, is it tough? Are you just like, is, is there a reason for me to be here? Cause I can't do a whole lot. What's your take on that? Do I have, are you charging me three ninety five an hour to get into these existential crises? I mean, usually, you know, that that's like LA psychiatrist type question there, Skeets. But uh, look, 
Here, here's the deal. Um, there is pressure for sure, but I'll say this: like this is mostly cliche answer. You've heard it from every single player you've interviewed, but like the pressure comes from within, right? Like you mm -hmm. just want to do a great job. Um, you know, I'm not trying to half step this thing whatsoever, and I miss basketball so much. You know, it's it was a real reminder. Like, what does life look like if we don't have games? I don't want to mm -hmm. go back to that. You know, like the, the FOMO would have been crazy if I wasn't down here. And I think that you know. I've got a unique take on things. Hopefully I've got mm -hmm. a, a viewpoint that, um, you know, can kind of appeal to our particular readers. And so, you know, that's what I'm putting first down here for sure. What do Washington post readers want to get out of this experience? How can I catalog it in as much detail as possible? Uh, you know, I've done a, a personal essay, which was rare for me. I don't really do that, but they wanted it kind of from my first person perspective. Um, you know, and, and we're also just doing kind of, uh, you know, the first practice story, the first game story, you know, yeah. kind of along trying to, trying to take people along sort of like a diary, but maybe a, a little bit uh, more in detail as well. Um, the, the challenging part comes with the access as we've discussed and also just finding stuff that nobody else is writing about, because I do think that like the whole sports hive mind has kind of, uh, you know, coagulated right now around the NBA bubble. And so people are picking off various parts. So you think you might have a great story idea and you talk to the PR people, they're like, oh yeah, we've already had three people request that. Cool. Like just get in line. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. You know, like, you think you're being real creative. So that part is uh that part is tricky, but look, uh I view this as like kind of my identity. This is who I am, basketball writer, uh, you know, basketball journalist, basketball podcaster. And so it's a good place to do your job. It would be much harder, I think, for me personally to do my job if I wasn't here because I would be struggling to find some of the color. And I think if you're reading my stories right now, you're noticing that a lot of it's kind of like behind the scenes details. Like today, my story about the, the first practice, it just mentioned how like as soon as LeBron was done, one of the NBA PR guys like comes out with this huge roll of duct tape and starts like duct taping the ground because he doesn't want anybody to stand inside this little duct tape sphere and get too close to LeBron, all because of COVID, right? And right. how are we going to wow. stay socially distant? So, you know, little things like that is what I'm down here trying to report as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, pick your favorite player. Like Chris Middleton had 22 points tonight. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, though, you know, like we've already seen they had zero positive tests out of the 346, and you're seeing how vigilant uh, they're remaining down there. But if they continue to have success in having no positive tests, do you suspect that things like that with LeBron, where the NBA PR will come out and, and section off a little area, will continue? Or do you think maybe as we go on, people might just sort of start easing up a little bit on, on things like that. Well, here's the thing I've thought about, Lee. What happens if somebody does test, posi uh, test uh, positive within the bubble? All this optimism I've got right now, all this happiness, it goes back to square one. And now yeah. you're just paranoid as heck, right? And you're just thinking like, oh my God, now I've got to be wearing gloves again. Where's my face shield? Like, right. you know, you call the doctors and say, hey guys, is this safe? You know, like you're, you're doing all that kind of stuff. So for me i still think there's a sense of vigilance just in general they don't want that first positive test yeah. right they really want to prevent against that and so i think that that's the mode that they're in right now um they have kind of suggested hey if we get deeper into this thing can some of the rules be loosened up i um, mean in terms of like where the media could go i mean that's that's kind of been hinted they've said oh maybe we could figure out a barber shop for you guys or some other kind of a you know, opportunity along those lines. Cause right now I don't know if I'm getting a haircut for the next 94 days. I don't know exactly uh, how that's supposed to work. Right. So uh, those kinds of things could be tweaked as we go. But uh, I, I think for right now, the vigilant is, is the feeling, you know, it's mm -hmm. make sure everybody's got masks, uh, make sure that there's hand sanitizer stuff everywhere. Um, and, you know, make sure that everybody's just kind of on board and gets it because 
uh, th there is like a burden to having a whole week with no positive tests. Now you feel like it's like a streak on your Apple Watch or your Fitbit. Like you don't want to let it go. And so now you feel like you have to kind of like protect it. Like you're, you're kind of playing defense with it. And I think that's kind of how the NBA feels. You're hopefully going to be down there, uh, you know, three plus months, uh, Ben. Do you have any plans to, well, get this book read, uh, consume this television show, these movies? Sounds uh, like or, you got a lot of Disney to watch. Yeah. Well, can I move my camera around or is that going to screw everything Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Go nuts. All right. All right. Here we go. I'm going to What are you, what are you show showing you my... us? Just tell us what you're showing us to the people that's uh, listening. Well, look, it's going to be a big reveal, okay? What do you think? <laughs> Lamborghini Legos, guys. Oh! <laughs> the Lego champion of the world, Ben Goldberg. Wow. What, how many I, I pieces was that, Ben? Well, my favorite detail about the Lamborghini Legos is that it's only for uh, ages 18 and up. So there's people out there who can drive real cars who, who aren't going to be allowed to do this set because it's that complicated, guys. It's that intense. I think it's something like 6,000 pieces. Please do not Google the price. It was embarrassing how much I paid for this thing. But I figured I have two beds in my hotel room, right? And mm -hmm. we're not allowed overnight visitors for obvious reasons. Yep. So that leaves me with an extra bed. So the extra bed will now be the Lego building station. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning this thing is going to take me at least a month to, to build kind of like here and there. I mean, it's it's like a Technic thing. I mean, it's got motors, but it's, it's a real deal. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to be able to drive the thing after you're done building it. I hope so. I have to get home to LA somehow. You know, what if they shut the airports down? How long did the Taj Mahal one take you to build? Oh, that was a good five or six weeks. I'll be honest, though. I, I treated it just like the last dance because the last dance, I got the screener copies early. Right. And I just, I watched the whole thing all the way through like twice in a row before. And then I just felt so empty. And I kept rewatching it along with everyone else, but like I already kind of knew it. So with the Taj Mahal, I was like, I got to space this thing out. So it was sort of like my, my Sunday diversion every Sunday for probably like, you know, six or seven weeks. That carried me through the quarantine, man. You got to do right. these little mental health exercises. Yeah. Yeah. And Lee, I know we got beef with the Legos, right? Because you're, <laughs> am, am I right that you're a puzzle guy? Can we settle this right now? Legos versus puzzles. I'm telling you, it's Legos, bro. There's no crossover? You can't cross over from puzzle to Lego? <laughs> <laughs> my, my only beef, see, Ben, I don't mind you doing an 18-year-old plus Lego in the in the hotel if you if you'd got like you know some stuff that was like you know the star wars like for six-year-olds or that then i'll be like all right i think you can you know raise the stand a little bit there but listen i'm fascinated to see this uh lamborghini how it comes out you're saying it's technic so is it remote controlled as well is that or i i'm not sure if it has a remote control i think there's some sort of a motor involved with it though uh, the weird part is that they manufactured this insane car but then they made it lime green which to me yeah arguably the worst color in the world. I mean, right. it's way up there. If we're power ranking colors, lime green's like really close to the top of the list for worse. Mm. So that part held me back, but ultimately I felt like I had to pull the trigger, guys. I need something to do here, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to try to convince the bosses of The Athletic to send me down and I'll bring down a Ravensburger 1000 piece jigsaw puzzle and maybe we can uh, somehow work it together, you know, and see which way, where we have more fun. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Well, here, here's a funny detail. So, you know, all the writers, we did our first stories for like getting out of the bubble and we all were like freaked out by how small our little media pen was. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the PR people read that and they're nice. Like they've been so polite and kind to us because they realize how restricted this is. But out of nowhere in the uh, in the meal room, they brought out a bunch of board games out of nowhere, like Settlers of Catan or whatever oh, Catan. Classic. 
because I think that they read our stories and were like, okay, get Amazon uh, overnight delivery on this. We've got to find something to pacify the angry writers. <laughs> right. Well, this is great. So tell the people how they're going to be able to follow not only all your articles and your podcasts, but uh, your building of this Lamborghini uh, 6,000 piece Lego puzzle you got going on there. What's the best way, Ben? You're just teeing me up to plug my Instagram skeets. I appreciate it. Uh, it's, <laughs> I know it. It's at Ben.Golliver. And I would just ask if people like, it, like you're mentioning, it was expensive to send me down here. If anyone has 29 bucks, they could subscribe to the Washington Post. I mean, that gets you a whole year, which is kind of crazy. And it's election year, so why not? Mm-hmm. And then I'm also doing two podcasts a week. I'm not going to be doing like daily episode updates of the Lego, but maybe I will. Who knows? Um, <laughs> that's uh, greatestofalltalk.com. And that's the podcast I do with Andrew Sharp. So that, those are the best places to follow. Excellent. Well, hopefully we can uh, have you on sometime in the future here. Uh, We're going to be doing a podcast called The Bubble Wrap, um, where we'll be jumping on here, Zoom, every night after the last game and recapping the day's events and big storylines. So maybe we'll uh, hopefully have you on one of those uh, nights in the future, Ben. That sounds great. Hopefully I'm not going viral for any embarrassing moments in these games. You know, sometimes I forget that I'm probably going to be on TV, you know, and at some point because we're sitting so close to the court. So if you guys see me do anything, please don't meme me or at least like <laughs> meme me in a positive way. Like, you know, kind of try to help help my personal branding. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to do it anytime, guys. You know, I've been listening to you since the days of uh, Skeets and Taz in the in the condo, which I thought was your apartment for years, and I was so impressed that you guys were just balling out in that uh, in that rec room with the pool table and everything. That's but, right. uh, well, I want you to start bringing like a one puzzle piece a game, so when we see you on camera, you can hold it up and we go, "Oh yeah, good one. That looks nice. Yeah, put that on the right yeah, by the lime green will pop for sure." Yeah, exactly, exactly. That one goes near the tire, right front tire. Ben, thank yeah. you so much, man. I know you're a busy guy. We really appreciate it, man. No, thanks for having me. Best of luck. Everybody stay safe. It's great to chat with you guys. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Guys, more podcasts coming later this week. Till then, embrace the day, people. You could stay.